Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. I'm your host this evening, Ian, and I'm joined by three amazing uh, contributors to our science fiction adventure. Uh, Chris. Hi. Uh, Lucy. Hiya. And Jason. Hello. And uh, as I mentioned before, we're going to be discussing the science fiction genre, the spannings of our imagination into space or even our own Earth. And seeing what our favourite, perhaps most important science fiction films are. And uh, I guess in the light of one of our big films that's coming out this year, June, and the also dropping of the Matrix trailer, there's a lot to talk about. So I think a good place to start for everybody is maybe discussing what our earliest memories or most important memories of science fiction are. So I guess I'll work backwards. Uh, Jason, what was your sort of number one film that comes to mind when you think of science fiction when you were younger or even a really important one to you well it's actually a film series it is star wars <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Just... yeah gotta be that i guess yeah i grew up yeah. watching the three the three first ones uh mm-hmm. a new a new hope the, the empire strikes back and the return of the jedi mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. yep luke skywalker <laughs> darth vader yep <laughs> yep. Really, really solid choices. I would be remiss if I didn't, or nobody mentioned it on this one, <laughs> because mm. they are, as you say, genre defining for our youth in particular. Question, though, for you, I guess, which one's your favorite one? My favorite one? Uh, I guess it's uh, Return of the Jedi, when, you know, Ooh. why not? The, the bad guys fight back and they win. Why not? It's mm. a epic sword fight between Darth Vader and Luke. Why not love that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, good choice, good choice. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really, really, really good one. Um, Lucy, yourself? So I would say the one that I have like the best memories of as a child is probably Galaxy Quest. Oh, oh yes. Because yeah. 
because my parents um, are big fans of like Red Dwarf. So oh, it's yeah. a natural progression, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Galaxy Quest. So uh, it was the thing that was kind of always on. And it's one of those things that my family can quote, which is quite <laughs> sad, but here we are. <laughs> Nothing's sad about it. <laughs> yeah, I love Galaxy Quest. It's a film that shouldn't work, but it does in so many levels. I it's so agree. good. It's so good. It's, it's so meta as well. Yeah. It's fabulous. <laughs> and the casting's great as well. Mm. Like the mm. casting, that's fantastic. And it really hits, uh, you know, the, the comedy highs that sci-fi mm. can provide as well. Because I think a lot of people think of science fiction as perhaps you know quite dark and quite or, serious yeah very yeah. heavy you know but galaxy quest just comes straight in with the comedy of it all i just always have that image of alan rickman not yes. wanting to do it at all because he's just like i should have been a serious actor and yeah. instead he's at all of these um comic cons and everything yeah, but he can't cope so i love um, that as well but yeah, as- definitely galaxy quest as a big fan of, and I'm sure we will discuss maybe some of their films, but as a big fan of the Star Trek series, that Galaxy Quest for me really hit like mm. perfectly, especially those Comic Cons of people being there and Alan Rickman hating it. You know, there is like <laughs> so much that I'm like, yeah, I'm sure there's so many Star Trek actors who are just like, I hate this so much. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> it's not even, you know, a comedy or anything. Maybe it no. really <laughs> happened with Star Trek fans. It's actually a biopic. From yeah, Marvel exactly. <laughs> Uh, Chris and yours. Tell uh, me. <laughs> Sorry, that's very serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one that springs to mind the most. So, uh, mine, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go between two. So I'm going to just throw it up there and go. It's got to be Jurassic Park, Pure, purely for the the mm. scale. And I was, oh god, how was I? I was like five or six when that film came out, and I just was completely blown away by that and remember watching it for the first time. I was really into dinosaurs when I was younger, as, as most uh, young boys might have been. But um, yeah, I just remember watching that and just loving it every time. And I still do, even now. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? It's, it is. It's visually stunning. Yeah, it's that or Ghostbusters, really. Because um, wow, again, right. yeah, because for me, that's one of the best, still one of the best comedies. I very much... Uh, 80s and 90s kind of person so anything from that kind of era really sticks out for me yeah 100 percent. i think that's a really good one and uh, again kind of hits that sort of discussion we're going to have about like you know how do you define that sci-fi because when you said jurassic park it was a little bit like did he say jurassic park <laughs> like, is that what he said well, it's, this, it's sci-fi well this is like, this is what i was we were saying before we recorded yeah, sci-fi behind the curtain no me. sorry we don't mention behind the curtain um <laughs> The, the term sci-fi, I mean, when you look up lists of the best sci-fi movies, sci-fi movies, there's a very, there's a very wide-spanning definition of what sci-fi means. Yeah, and I think, well, you know, obviously Jurassic Park uses the science to a degree to mm-hmm. set up its premise, and it's all based off that. So, and then it, obviously... Yeah, it totally fits the definition of science fiction. I guess it, I guess, I guess it depends on what your definition is, but yeah. for me it would be that one. Yeah, completely. I mean, science fiction doesn't always have to be gallivanting into the like deepest of space uh or even like looking at you know the far far flung future it can just be a science fiction film you know looking at as you say using science as a premise to push in um for me i i my my choice was one it's not really i guess star wars like yourself jason was one that like stood out for me when i was Mm. a kid like i remember seeing star wars for the first time and i had it on vhs in that golden box if anybody remembers that and had darth Mm. vader on the side and um 
so that was something that was important in my childhood. But when science fiction really started to be a genre that I was like, I love this and I want to watch more was probably when in my first year of university. And uh, this is I, no word of lie because I, I, I studied history and I like focused on like more uh, philosophy based things rather than like film. And I, I had never seen uh, or really heard of uh, Blade Runner. I'd never really yeah. heard of it. And it's such a philistine of me when I went there. I was like, I've never heard of this film. And my friend was like, oh, there's tickets to go see this director's cut of this film called Blade Runner that I love. Like, do you want to go? I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And I was sat there and I'd never seen this film. I didn't really know the premise. And I sat down and it just blew my mind away. Like my youth was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and like, it completely took the words out of my mouth. So Blade Runner has since then and always probably will be until, you know, if we get another Blade Runner and that's better than uh, 2049. Um, is Blade Runner is my number one film and probably my number one sci-fi film. So like it's it's always been up there for for, for me and I, I love that film for that reason. So, you know, I think it's just a classic and I hope you all agree. Otherwise you can tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's a great, Blade Runner is a great film. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess from there, um, if you guys want to like look into, we've talked about four films or a series of films that we think you know the, these are like important parts of the sci-fi genre, and it's interesting we've taken stuff from comedy uh, because another great one, obviously, in the comedy genre that's technically sci-fi is obviously Bill and Ted, which I love as well. Mm. Of course, uh, great films. <laughs> um, but what what do you all feel like defines a science fiction? Because it's very interesting that we're spanning it across like Jurassic Park to Blade Runner, mm. you know, and you have people doing stuff like Solaris with Tarkovsky, but then you also have, you know, the comedies that we were just discussing as well. So what like is integral to a sci-fi film to be like defined by that? You know, Lucy, what do you think? I think it's quite interesting because sometimes you can have a science fiction that's completely set in space. It's millennia in the future and then sometimes you can have something that's maybe a bit like an annihilation or mm. um Great that fun. that mm -hmm. one where she's a robot um i can't remember the name ex machina ex machina, ex -machina. i yes, love we exactly. do so like it's that one it's the one she's a robot <laughs> <laughs> the one where she's a robot exactly where it seemed like our world it functions like mm -hmm. our world mm. but there's this additional technology it's a bit yes. like black mirror and you're just like but is this science fiction because it's got a really tiny element of it mm -hmm. so yeah. i think it's interesting how far you can choose to take the kind of wondrous and scientific yes. element of mm -hmm. it as well yeah for sure i think it's interesting you mentioned black mirror as well where a lot of those episodes, even though we're more of a film review podcast, more munch on our TV show, um, with Black Mirror, you you have, as you say, worlds that are just a little bit different to our own, but enough mm. that we know it's not quite right, you know, and it's it's not, you know, it's not our world. It's something just slightly different enough that we can notice the difference. Yeah, you know? just a um, bit to unsettle us, really. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Um, what about yourself, Jason? Would you agree with that as a definition? Something that is important to that genre? Well, uh, yeah, for science fiction, you know what you always see, you often see aliens or robots, artificial mm. intelligence, and they often take take place in the future, don't they? Mm. Mm -hmm. Like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a, it's very true. I think you look at, there's so many films of that, of the science fiction genre, which is solely defined by being in the far-flung future. 
you know, and, and it is a, a book genre as well. There's so many that are of based in that uh, vein, you know, with the Isaac Asanoffs of High Robots, which was a terrible film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it's, it's true. And uh, I guess, Chris, what do you also think of that sort of defining feature of a sci-fi? When you sit down in a cinema and you see a sci-fi, what is it that you think that has to be like that? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, there are two ends to the spectrum. There's obviously the, the sort of bigger concepts, you know, you've got space and time travel, as we've already mentioned, and you've got the more grounded ideas, which are, like Lucy said, uh, Black Mirror-esque, kind of more um, akin to our lives as we know it, but just a bit uh, off uh, askew, if that makes sense. Um, I I would lean more towards that than the sort of bigger concepts, although when you're in a cinema staring at the screen and you see space and all of these things happen, like a Star Wars film, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's good fun. Um, but I think um, anything that has like a big idea or something that you kind of haven't seen before that kind of plays with uh, the rules of science and physics in that kind of way that we've never seen before is really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's re- that is really interesting that we all kind of look at the sci-fi genres in, in different ways. And, and we all have that like running current that, you know, mm. technology, far future or things that are just slightly different are parts of that genre. I think one for me that, is I, t- I see a lot that's always put in um, the genre, but I always find it like quite shocking to watch, and it more it, I find it hard to place. And maybe you guys can be like, no, Ian, it's definitely a sci-fi. But one that I always see people put very highly is uh, Children of Men. Mm. I find that film, it, well, it's an amazing film, and it I think it is sci-fi because obviously it's based in a dystopian future. There, where you know human existence is on the brink of you know destruction if not we're there but i find it hard like the science fiction aspect of it where that is but like it is strongly defined as a science fiction mm. to a lot of people um i mean i, I guess you know people have seen it I, i'm assuming we all have which is perhaps wrong yeah me, but yeah where, where, i where, love where, children of man i really oh, good. do <laughs> <laughs> um would you would you define it as a sci-fi i think yes but then i think because there's this difficult subcategory of dystopia, mm. which, you know, you're looking at the future in a depressing way or a negative oh, my, my way favorite, or something. My favourite way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that is science fiction, but in a kind of gentler form. And also it's something that could potentially happen or it's a reflection on society now mm. rather than something like Star Wars, where you are really just jetting off to, you know, battles in in the space fields mm. or whatever, which is mm. completely different. But um, I do think it is science fiction, but it's not got that kind of technology glean to it because in Children of Men, obviously, the main problem is that women can't have children anymore mm. and the human race is dying out. It's not anything like a scientific breakthrough that's happened or anything. Mm. It's mm. just a human race in decline. So that's kind of difficult to put it in with more positive um, science fiction entries. Yeah. But I definitely think it is one. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like its own sub genre, isn't mm. it? Like dystopian mm. sci-fi, you know, and which, I mean, it's a huge genre, obviously. Um, but it's, it's kind of a weird one because I, I saw it, at, uh, you know, behind the curtains again. 
you know, to in prep for this one, I, I couldn't watch every film that, you know, sci-fi film full time. But I looked at like, you know, top lists of sci-fi mm. and Children of Men was incredibly high on a lot of lists. And every time I saw it, I was like, oh, that, that is a sci-fi. You know what I mean? Like, oh, is that? Mm. Do I define it as that? Because other ones on that dystopian list would be something like Soylent Green, you know, um, mm. which, you know, amazing film, you know. Um, you know, I, I guess... What what do you think, Chris, with uh, those those further out there films of the sci-fi genre? Which ones would you throw in there? Let's talk about some other ones. You get an opinion in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, yeah, Children Men is obviously it's a great film, but uh, yeah, it does kind of use its sci-fi element as more of a backdrop on where it's, as it looks at humanity, kind of as a sort of metaphor as we are now or where where we're heading. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I would completely agree. It's a sci-fi. I like those films, those kind of films that don't use the, they don't lean on the science fiction too much for, for for their entire film. You know, the science fiction is very much the, the the driver, but what the the substance around it is based on mainly human condition and how how we are as a society. Um, there's a film that always sticks with me, and I didn't I didn't think it was fantastic, but um, War of the Worlds, the Tom Cruise one. Um, Why are you bringing up a bad film? I don't want to. Know. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, so the, so there are elements. I like, I, I like it. There are elements of it that I have issues with, um, yeah. but there's a but it's a really good at capturing the like a downfall of society. For example, when he's trying to get his daughter through the crowd, and they're all there's a mob happening, and it's really distressing to watch and it's more about how I, I like those kind of sci-fi dystopian I guess films where societies are breaking down and mm-hmm. what what are reliance and Black Mirror does this in a lot of ways not to keep banging on about Black Mirror but um yeah, about, about, about how our dependence on certain elements of technology and mm-hmm. science is could ultimately be our downfall and how we as a society are so primal when those kind of things don't uh, when they fail us and I like those kind of films so yeah War of the Worlds uh, Children of Men when obviously we don't have everything we're used to those kind of things I really think I mean you could throw in uh, if you're talking dystopian any any zombie film where the outbreak is a science scientifically sourced uh, 28 Days Later is a prime example of a, that it's, again you were talking about lists of films that are sci-fi that you are I guess in the broad terms, yes, they are, but it's more about where we are after that. So, uh, yeah, those kind of films for me are what really draws me to the genre. I don't get me wrong; I love the big uh, space battles of those kind of things as escapism every now and again. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I think I, I think I maybe side on that that dystopian because I don't know where. You put Blade Runner, I guess, but it's not exactly good. <laughs> Things aren't exactly going well. No. Um, but uh, Jason, as somebody who obviously, you know, you, we, we started the podcast discussing, you know, Star Wars as this, uh, as your early memory. How do you sit with that sort of dystopian sci-fi genre uh, subgroup, as it were? Do you, do you side with it being or do you prefer that more intergalactic travel, you know, the, the, the action packed scene, as it were? Uh, well, for me, uh, a very good science fiction film is Independence Day. You know, like you know, aliens versus yes. humans. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of that, that's what I expect to see in a science fiction film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Aliens, uh, you know, really people good. against aliens or robots. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's a really, really good choice. I was going to bring that one up as a, mm. as a move, but that's a really good one to bring up as that action sci-fi genre. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, I think that's a great choice, Jason. I think, you know, Independence mm. Day is a classic, isn't it? It is, you know? yeah. You know, so I haven't seen the sequel, though. Have you seen the oh, sequel? Oh, oh, oh. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> no good. It's, no, no. Uh, just keep watching the first one. You'll be much better off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just watch yeah. that. Mm. Okay, I won't so, see it then. Thanks, guys. Thanks <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um, it's bad. Um, okay, <laughs> why is it bad? Um, why it's, it's it, it falls into this trap that like. Well, it's not even a trap that I think a lot of sci-fi does, but it has this thing of, like, the aliens that we saw in the original mm-hmm. weren't actually, like, the biggest, baddest aliens that were out there. It's actually these other bigger, bad aliens, which are really bad, and we got to go fight those aliens. Oh, we're gosh, gonna yeah. Them. We're going to yeah, take okay. that fight to them this time, and then we kind of don't. They kind of still come and attack us again, and then the end of the film is like, no, guys, don't worry, we're going to fight them now in space. And it kind of, it, it didn't feel like an actual sequel. It felt like they wanted to set up a film to then do more films because they wanted to do like an Independence Day franchise mm. rather than a sequel to Independence Day. It's also a film that I don't think you need a sequel to, you know, like it, the story's over. We beat the aliens, you know? Yeah, Welcome absolutely. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, a great choice. No, go ahead, Lucy. Sorry. I think alien falls into the kind of similar category. Whereas I like <laughs> alien. <laughs> but the rest of them I love you know, why? You, 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 you know what I agree with the alien and aliens, yes. Anything after that. We didn't really need it, especially the prequels. Oh, oh sorry. I thought no, Chris, I thought your was to, that you didn't like aliens. So, no, 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 no. I thought I thought Lucy was gonna throw alien in there we don't need it camp, so I was like, Oh, oh dear. <laughs> uh, no, alien I think alien and aliens are fa- like fantastic they're yeah. great they're, they're great, great. They're, great alien films. is in my top five films of all time uh, because if you've listened to any of the other podcasts that me and chris have ever been on we love listing top fives but yeah. the, the alien is in my top five films i love that mm. film i think it's fantastic not just as a sci-fi film it's fantastic as a horror film it's su- it's, it's a- such a good horror film mm. and the tension that they build yeah, slowly yeah. through the whole crew it's brilliant see like my uh my partner um simone name drop you gotta listen to it now um she, she wrote about um it for one of her essays and she pointed and highlighted out that you it's there in the ship all the time yeah like, mm. there are shots where people are just chatting away to each other and the aliens behind them in the dark and if you're oh, if you're looking close enough you can see it. Mm-hmm. I need to. It. I need to rewatch it. Oh no! Yeah. What a shame! I know. And she like pointed it out to me. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's like incredibly creepy, mm. and it does it so well. And then Aliens takes that and just flips it on its head and turns see, it into this like action. See, I think I think a lot of people always say, "Oh, well, Aliens is better than Alien." But I think I think well, <laughs> a they're wrong. B I think they're completely different films. No, they're very I, different. As Lucy said, you know, Alien is a horror thriller in space, whereas Aliens is much more of a not all right action, but it's much more action packed. It's much more, um, well, it's James Cameron versus James Cameron. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah, you something you you what you expect from two very different directors is two very different films. So I think comparing them is 
not really the way to go. They are different films. I would agree. I prefer Alien. I really love the way it builds its tension. Yeah. But Aliens is great if you just want to watch, uh, especially the end parts of Gurney Weaver, um, oh, yeah. in, in The Big Machine. You know, oh. that's if you want that kind of film, then Aliens is great. But you've also got Alien to give you something different as well. And I, I love agree. the kind of tagline that they had with Alien. I think it was like, in, sa- in space, nobody can hear you scream, yeah. which yeah. is great. Yeah. But I think for things like Prometheus and later experience it over explains the monster Mm, it over explains the alien and you want the alien to not be explained really 100% yeah I completely agree it's the it's like the Jaws analogy not seeing the shark is scarier than seeing the shark too much in each other's brains I know (laughs) but but as soon as you know about it and what's going on you're absolutely right Lucy it just kind of loses its your fear of it and your and its mythos and you're just like well I as soon as there are rules on how to beat it then you're like well as long as I do this I do that or you know I'll follow this step to step guy yeah yeah point A get a flamethrower point B I also think like Prometheus particularly like Alien Free is a film that I just feel like got criminally like mishandled and I think the concept there was an original board concept was that Alien was going to be taken to this planet which was going to be completely like wood and the people on this planet praise the alien as like a deity which I was like that's a really cool idea they didn't do that then the Aliens 4 less said the better but the the thing with Prometheus and and uh, Alien Covenant, I feel particularly Prometheus, I feel like it got way too swept up in the philosophy of it all, mm. like this sort of like grand questions of human existence and life, and then you got Michael and is Michael, isn't it? Michael Fassbender, but he's yeah, David. yeah, he's like David, <laughs> yeah, okay. he's called Michael Fassbender in the film. Um, no, David creating life and and being like this sort of god esque. Mm. Uh, like character i just it became too far gone it was too silly <laughs> yes. yeah i agree i think it just became a bit too i don't want i won't use foul language but it got a bit too up its own you know yeah it, it just didn't yeah, yeah I, I didn't know what the point was of this you know um which is a shame and ridley scott falls into my my idea of film directors who probably should stop making films because they're not good anymore but but, um you know that's not taken away from the brilliance of alien you know and and aliens and i agree with you chris you know that's it's it's a a films that i don't think you should compare you know i I think they're both equally brilliant in their own like genres of sci-fi you've got an action sci-fi you've got a horror sci-fi and they're Mm -hmm. both brilliant at what they do um yeah, no, Lucy, is there any, I guess, well, I hope there is more because we've only 25 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> no, no more. That's it. That's the end. Um, uh, what, what? I guess that we're doing this genre jumping within the sci-fi genre itself, these subgroups, because we've done, you know, the we've talked at great length, I guess, the dystopian aspects of sci-fi, mm, which there's yeah. some great ones with Logan's Run, Soylent Green, all of those ones. And we're talking briefly about those action ones. You brought up comedy sci-fi, which yeah. is great, you know, and mm. and... Bill and Ted is one that I loved, you mm-hmm. know, as a kid. I mean, my dad watched that so much together. I loved the new one. Were there any other in that genre that you really loved if, of sci-fi? Or do you want to take in a different genre? Don't make me tell you where we're going to go. 
you know, you talk about what you want, Lucy. Well, I think, you know, Galaxy Quest is an obvious one. But mm. then um, I recently saw Barbarella. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Which isn't a comedy, but kind of is. It definitely kind of is. Though, and it's it? like, it's just so hammy and so fabulous mm. in its silliness that it is, you can't take it seriously in any sense of the word. And it's no. just kind of, so it's not comedy, but it isn't you know, action or straight kind of uh, genre define, anyway. It's not Yeah, yeah. It's just no. Jane Fonda having a great time. <laughs> That's the genre. It's Jane yeah. Fonda having a great time. Yeah, it's kind of part of that sort of like, there was loads of these films that were these, um, it's very hard to find, but another one that comes to mind is Flash Gordon. Oh, I love Flash Gordon. Oh, that's, such a great one. I love Flash Gordon. Like they're slightly spoofy, yes. but not really. They're like not... they're not spoofing anything. No, <laughs> themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I I completely agree with you. And Flash Gordon mm. for me is like it's, again childhood memories for one, but two, it's just so like camp and mm. bright and colorful yeah. and. It's like sci-fi, but nuts. And you've got yeah. Queen doing the soundtrack. And every, everything is just so melodramatic in yeah. the best sense. Yeah. You've got Brian Blessed, who is great. Like, <laughs> I, I have a t-shirt which has him on the front addressed as King of the Hawkman, being like, Gordon's alive, which is just amazing. Brilliant. And I have been fortunate enough to meet Brian Blessed. I have been one of those fortunate few. He is a he is exactly how you'd imagine him. He is incredibly <laughs> loud. But yeah, it's a, an amazing like subgenre, the campy yeah. sort of like sci-fi films. Um, and I think I've just thought of another one. No, go ahead. <laughs> um so it's Star Trek Four, the one with the whales. I don't know the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the official title. That's, the that's, one with the whales. It has whales in it. <laughs> yeah. Star Trek Four, the, the right. The Voyage Home, I think it was that one. It shouldn't be called Voyage Home. It should be called the one. With I the I much prefer the one with the whales. That's brilliant. <laughs> you you know exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's their entire quest to rescue some whales. The like voyage for the whales. It's yeah. so stupid, but so great. <laughs> I want that to be the tagline on the DVD <laughs> or on Amazon Prime or anything. It's so stupid, but great. <laughs> You'll have a great time. I, I just think really this stupid. is my favourite subgenre. Stupid, <laughs> but fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I respect that a lot. I think they're the best ones. I... I think sci-fi sometimes, as we've mentioned before, can be taken too seriously. Mm. It's too dark. But you can go anywhere you want. Like, that's the thing. Like, it, it's a genre which can push the boundaries. And Star Trek, it's cool that you've mentioned Star Trek, because uh, I'm a big um, Trekkie fan. And um, I'm particularly fond of the new animated show they've got on Amazon, by the way. I think that's really good. But the, um, the, the, the thing with Star Trek is, I guess, in a weird way, it is already a bit campy. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, like, it already is. You know, like are we all are we all into Star Trek here? Are we all Star Trek fans, Jason, Chris? I'm I'm assuming Lucy is because she's. I like, haven't seen all of them, but I've but you've enjoyed seen the, the one with the whales. See the most important one. <laughs> you've seen. You haven't seen all of them, but you've seen that one, the one with yeah. the whales. Brilliant. 
<laughs> so, Chris, Jason, are you Star Trek fans? Um, <laughs> go on, Jason, sorry. Uh, no, I don't like Star Trek, sorry. <gasps> that doesn't appeal to me. What, what is it about it that you uh, don't enjoy? That, out of interest, because I think that's a good discussion as well. What part of that sci-fi interpretation well, do you not clean up? Well, to be honest, I never tried to get into it. It just, I don't yeah. know, it just didn't appeal to me. I had Star Wars, what I need Star Trek for. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Too true. You've got a Star Wars, you don't need a Trek into stars. You know, you've done you've done one side of it, you know. I'm, yes. I'm glad no one said Stargate either. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> What about yourself, Chris? Are you into the Star Trek universe? Yeah, I am. I, I grew up watching Star Trek with my dad. So, um, you know, uh, original series, uh, obviously re- reruns, and uh, Next Generation, of course. Mm-hmm. I haven't got around to... I haven't really watched Star Trek in a long time. I've watched the, the latest films, but uh, the, I, I really want to get into the Star Trek Discovery that's on Netflix. and it's obviously. Bad. It's okay. No. Yeah, it seems like it's good. Got a good cast, and you know, obviously the thing on Prime. But yeah, I love a bit of Star Trek. I would say I'm more of a Star Trek than a Star Wars. That's for sure. Interesting. So, I guess flip question: Why do you prefer Star Trek to Star Wars? Because six out of the nine Star Wars films I don't like. So that's just that's just I tell I tell you, I like the originals, and you know, I've kind of cooled on the prequels over the years. Mm. And the oh, last Jedi, the last Jedi is actually not bad but force awakens and rise of the skywalker for me are not great films uh really so, quick so then. no no i was just gonna say so jason this might be where me and you lucy have to just not talk and we'll just let these two discuss <laughs> their opinions on jason what did you think of the other star wars films of these recent batch that we've had and even the prequels uh, definitely not as good as the original ones mm. not too many special effects if you ask me mm. And yeah. some of the actors don't do a per- pretty good job, yeah. particularly particularly Hayden. Oh God, yeah, Hayden. Yeah, no, he, he's, the, he's the worst that. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And when no, he, I, yeah, sorry, And of course, we cannot forget when he turns into Darth Vader that silly no <laughs> scene. You know, yeah. <laughs> kind of hard to take Darth Vader seriously again after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Don't forget, you know, I can. I he completely agree. Ground, you know? he lost oh god! <laughs> I I completely agree. He took uh, probably one of the most feared villains in film history and really took it back a few steps. And uh, Hayden Christensen for me is part of the reason I don't like the Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. Is that what it's called? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. You should know that. Yeah. Um, and then for me, the new ones, Force Awakens is basically just a new hope done again. And Rise of the Skywalker was basically just, it was just fan service for me. It was just, it had nothing to it. I did like Last Jedi. I like Ryan Johnson tried to do something a bit different. But none of them have ever captured what the original films did. What did you think of the Disney ones, Jason? I think they are much better than the, the prequel ones, definitely. Yes, and- and that's, I like... that's an interesting take, actually. Yeah, no, go ahead, because I think a lot of people dislike the prequels, uh, dislike the Disney ones more than the prequels. So I'm interested to hear your opinion on that. Yes, and I think that the Disney ones also also have a good bad good bad guy. You know, Adam Driver is pretty good yeah, as a is. villain. Yeah, and it's and it's much better. You know, better script, I think, as well. Mm. Better story. That's I I, yeah. I actually think it's a weird one because I Adam Driver's great. Like, I, I mm-hmm. love Adam Driver as an actor as well. 
That's a very good point. I kind of sit that I think both of them are bad. Like, I'm not <laughs> somebody who goes, you know, the prequels are now good because the Disney ones haven't been good. Because there's a lot of people I know who go, oh, the prequels, you know, they, 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 they're better now, which I'm like, they're not. They're definitely not better now. They're not good. I also see the problems with the Disney ones. Like, even The Last Jedi, I'm sorry, Chris, but, like, that what, what was that gambling planet about? What was that? Oh, don't get me wrong. It's not. It's not perfect film. <laughs> yeah, like, I, that bit really annoyed me. I was like, "What are they doing? Why but are they there? What's it, going on? It's got Mark Hamill in it, so that's a plus. Yeah, but uh, he hated it. Mark Hamill hated that. Film. Yeah, but I love Mark Hamill, so if he's in it, then you know, <laughs> it's great. Mark but Mark Hamill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, Last Jedi is not a perfect film. I wouldn't call it a great film. But I say of the three. Disney ones is definitely the best of the three. I actually prefer Force Awakens. Uh, so basically, a New Hope again. Yeah, no, I, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it is basically a New Hope. It does a New Hope well. What the, the Last Jedi? Why is Why is Luke going to kill Adam Driver? Why is he going to do that? The I guy, think, yeah, the guy who wouldn't kill his dad because his dad and his dad, as we know, killed some kids. Like we saw that Hadrian Christian killed some kids, man. Why isn't he killing his dad? But he'll kill because, oh, there's an inkling that he's got and going to go evil. Why is he doing that? You wrote this script. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree Adam Driver is a really good buddy in it. He's a great actor. And he's really good at it. It's just yeah, he's really everyone else didn't seem to get to them all. <laughs> just Adam Driver working yeah. by himself. Yeah. With a CGI cast. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And there's really high trousers as well. <laughs> I was about to say, I'd watch a film of Adam Driver just walking around in those trousers. I'd do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> His trousers are amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I, another film in that sort of campy genre of uh, the sci-fi films. I'm not sure if people have seen it. It's, from, it's a very old film uh, from 1956. Um I've had to go to our our uh, oracle of information that is Google, um, <laughs> but it's a it's a film which I particularly like because it is so campy. And if if you haven't seen it, Lucy in particular, I think you'd really like it. Um, oh, called, yeah, yeah, called Forbidden Planet. Um, it's got a very famous actor in uh, Leslie Nielsen, who was in Police. <laughs> Mm. Um, and uh, who's better known for comedy than he is for serious acting. But this film is based on a planet that's forbidden, as you may know, and uh, it's actually based on The Tempest by Shakespeare. Mm. (laughs) Brilliant! Shakespeare in space! (laughs) Shakespeare Mm. in space! This is perfect ingredients for some of the most campiest film I've ever heard of. It's insane. It's really, I actually do think it's a good film, but it's really campy. Even, I wish we had like a YouTube channel where I could go, here's the poster in the background right now. (laughs) But the poster, if anybody's listening to this, just look Forbidden Planet and look up the poster, if you guys do it as well. It's Leslie Nielsen, like holding a woman and with a ray gun. And there's a robot in the background carrying a man. And I don't really know why. It's one of the weirdest film posters I've seen. It's a great film, though, and I, if you haven't seen it, I, I totally uh, recommend seeing it for the campy goodness. It's 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 fantastic. Were you all looking at the poster? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, we are. Yeah, it's 
why it's gone silent. We're all it, is, it, it needs to be seen to be believed. <laughs> You're all gods. Uh, wow. I think, Definitely got to check that out at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's really, really good. And it looks like the thing from Lost in Space. Yeah, no, it, I think it is maybe off the set. I, oh, I, I, wow. I feel like a part of me, uh, like a trivia fact is that they didn't have like a big budget, so they just used mm. that robot. <laughs> uh, last, last in Space, speaking of sci-fi films that don't yes. quite cut it, I think. The, you, you mean the one in 2000s? Yeah, the one with Mark LeBlanc in it. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, that's a pretty bad film. Also, Matt LeBlanc, not really a good actor. So, come on, what else has he done other than Joey? Like, well, at least he is a really rich bad actor. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure he's fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. But so, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, at least he's not kind of impoverished bad actor who kind of. But I'm not like... going to lose sleep about a bad actor who's <laughs> impoverished. <laughs> like, I'm not... On if his anything, personal I... well-being. If anything, not to go too much into my leanings, but I think him being so rich isn't probably that good. You know? like, <laughs> He, I bet he tax avoids. Actually, that's libel. I bet he doesn't. That's, he's fine. As, as your lawyer, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lovely guy, and his performance as Joey is brilliant, you know? It's probably just him, really. Yeah. yeah. You, this is completely not on topic, but don't you think all of the friends just played themselves? Yeah. I don't think any yeah. of them. Yeah, I don't think. I didn't watch that going, God, what a performance. You know what I mean? No, I think. They all played each character for 10 years. So eventually yeah. they were either going to become the same character yeah. or they started off being the same character. <laughs> it's yeah. the best sci-fi TV show of all time. Maybe. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it all takes place in a simulation. That's why they... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Never leave the coffee house. Yes! <laughs> Oh. It's actually a part of, and we'll slip into that one. The Matrix is a part. Yeah, uh, look at the seamless, <laughs> seamless transitions. Chris knows how good I am at them. I'm so good at the transition. It gets better every week. Oh, I really do. I really do. That one was great. Uh, yeah, The Matrix. That is. How do we all feel about The Matrix? And also, I guess now that we know there's another one coming out, you know, Jason, where, where do you sit on The Matrix? Well, uh, from the Matrix, I only like the first one, to be honest. The first one was awesome, you know, when it came out with the special effects, the uh, slow motion, the bullets, 
Uh, you know, the fighting is fantastic, and apart from, I don't see what else it has to add. So after that, I think the mm. two of them don't add much to the to the Matrix universe. That's just my opinion. I agree. Um, and what I mean, did you see the trailer? The trailer for the new one? No, I haven't. It it's not bad. It's not bad, but it's very much what you said. I don't know what there is to add. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's where do we go from there? You know, like. Mm. It, it, it's 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 not it's a weird one with the matrix it's the first one i should say is fantastic but the second one and the third where, where do you sit on the second and the third one i think the major difference is more of we see a, a lot of mr smith you know many of them mm, <laughs> that's the main difference i think <laughs> yeah and uh, just more good guys more people underground or wherever they are mm, dancing yes. around you know and just the same same kind of same kind of fighting and some, I find the fight scenes a bit boring in the two sequels, to be honest. That's just yeah. my opinion. No, I, just... I, I think it's fair opinion. Yeah, completely. Mm. completely. Lucy, what do you... What do I you... love Ooh. The Matrix. The <laughs> She's Matrix. strong. Didn't even get a chance to ask the question. <laughs> I love The Matrix. I love it. <laughs> I, I respect Jason, but you're, everything you said, I disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> oh... No, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I love the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, I think it is basically my Star Wars because I don't really jive with Star Wars, and that's <gasps> fine. <laughs> I can't. I'm just gonna mute you. Vanish. Go go ahead. Tell us why you love the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that it's an action film. Technically, like it's a science fiction action film, but it's also got lots of really interesting questions about identity and Mm -hmm. who we are as people. And it's got lots of psychology in there as well. And that's why I don't like love the second one or anything, but I always think, well, they tried. They tried. <laughs> <laughs> they had some really bold ideas and they tried. Yeah, they definitely did. <laughs> um, but I think the cinematography is amazing. And I just mm. think if you kind of compare it to blockbusters nowadays, I don't think you get that emotional punch of being thrown into a different universe and having just a, not exactly a meltdown about who you are as a person and kind of where do you fit in the world if your society is completely gone. But I just think that weight is missing from a lot of blockbusters now. So Mm. I really have a great fondness for the matrix and I I am looking forward. (laughs) I am looking forward to the fourth one as well. What, What did you think of the trailer? I think it's really interesting because I think what we're seeing right, right now is probably going to be flipped because at the end of the third one, they pretty much all die. So yeah. I'm. Well, that's pretty... when I saw him alive. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Well, he's probably <laughs> he could be a simulation or something like yeah. a like a proto Mister Smith or something yeah. like that, or maybe not. So I think it will be interesting to see what direction. Not they go. I think it's just Lana who's doing it. Yeah, it's it just Lana. Yeah, because previously put... it was both of the sisters, and now it's just Lana. So I just want to quickly say. I just realised quite late into this podcast we should have said spoiler warnings. Oh, 
but we're actually very late into this. <laughs> like, so spoilers for everything you've just heard and will hear, just as, as a forewarning, because you you just said they're all dead. No, like, oh yeah, I, I, I assume people have seen the Matrix. Is that <laughs> too generous? Uh, but yeah, no, carry on, carry on. You were saying, sorry, it is just Lana, yeah, yeah. So I think that will be interesting to see if there's something missing. Or if yeah. there's something gained by not Possibly. having her um, other sister there or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think, Chris? I love The Matrix. I'm going to say it as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it can... I love The Matrix. I agree. I think the first one still today is, is, is brilliant to watch and, and Every all the things they managed to achieve in that film. I know. I know some of it comes from. I think you said before Ian is taken from inspiration from other places, but yeah, which, uh, I'll, I'll get into it in a second. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel. I feel like it's still, in terms of groundbreaking, it's still one of the groundbreaking films that really brought kind of sci-fi into the mainstream just before the two thousands hit, and there's a couple of films, recent films that are that are held in high regard that are also considered groundbreaking, which I really dislike and we'll, which we can get into in a minute. Um, oh, I don't I don't think they did it anywhere near as good as The Matrix did. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. What, which, which films? One? Yeah, well, <laughs> um, well, like well, the first one would be Gravity. I really yeah, didn't like Gravity. I get it's it's a technically impressive feat. I really yeah, I, yeah. I really appreciate, but it just leaves me cold. Yeah. Completely. Well, yeah, I think. I'm, sorry, sorry go on, Missy. Go on, Missy. Um, I think it relies. I think, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think gravity relies on seeing it in three D for it to be good, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is not great because no, no, I don't think a film should ever be like that. You're just no. going to see it in three D, and I don't like the three D experience because I get no, me neither. Yeah. So uh, well, tell me that. Sorry, sorry. My, funnily enough, my second film has the exact same issue. Ian already knows what it'll be because we spoke about it at length. But it's a film that, unless you see it on a big screen in all its intended 3D-ness, uh, it doesn't work for me, which is Avatar. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think you watch Avatar on Channel 4 on a Sunday afternoon. It's just like, no... It's just, it's got no substance. The story's terrible. I'm not even going to talk about Unobtainium because let's not go there. We've done that before. But I just don't, for all James Cameron's done to really push sci-fi over the years, I just don't think Avatar is that good. And that's just me. I know know a lot of people love it. I know a lot of people don't. But I just, those two films for me, which are considered groundbreaking, Mm -hmm. just going back to The Matrix, I think for me, The Matrix does so much more than either of those two films do combined. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, the the sequels aren't great, you know, but I agree with Lucy, they try. (laughs) I think the problem is they try, they get too wrapped up in themselves trying to, unravel their mythos of what the matrix is and it gets mm. lost a bit and obviously they i think they filmed them back to back and released them in the same year so they're doing two films at once which makes you think where they fully concentrating on either mm. and then my last point on 
the second Matrix film, part of the reason I can't take it that seriously is, did you ever see that MTV video yeah. spoof thing yeah. they did? Uh, where Will Ferrell's in it and Justin Timberlake's in it, and they basically just take the piss out of the Matrix too. So yeah. it's kind of hard to watch after that. Um, yeah. But I do love the first one. I got to see it in the cinema a couple of years ago before you know everything kicked off, and it was just still amazing. Love it. I think it's great, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I can't wait for the new one. I honestly can't wait. If Keanu Reeves is in it, I'm there. I do think Keanu Reeves is the coolest actor going. Oh, I really like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I, I don't think he can act no. much further <laughs> no, than I, like, his range. Fair, but, but I think I he care. knows that too. <laughs> I think he knows that too, and that's why I like him a lot. And he also seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. Like, he seems like a genuinely lovely person. I... Just don't hurt his dog. Oh, Just yeah, don't, don't hurt his dog, dog. exactly. Yeah. I, I like The Matrix. Okay, I don't love The Matrix. Okay, like, I, I'm just going to say this because I can tell it's perhaps a bit controversial. But I think the first film is good. Like, I know, again, I, the silent, the stunned silence right now. <laughs> no, I'm letting you continue. Yeah, yeah. Until I destroy your point, Ian. <laughs> but... I just, I I watched The Matrix, and I think I I watched it probably far after like the big hype of The Matrix. Mm. Like I, I wasn't swept up in the whole because I, I, when that film came out, I was like quite young still, so I was like, <laughs> but I hadn't even seen Blade Runner yet. Like, what are we talking <laughs> about? Um, but I saw I saw The Matrix, and by that point, I had seen a lot of films that had come out before The Matrix. One in particular, Dark City, which I feel The Matrix is heavily influenced by. And in fact, it actually uses shot-for-shot remake of their scenes. Like, there's literally a scene which is like when Trinity's like getting away in the beginning of the film and you see the checkerboard at the bottom of the stairs. That's actually from Dark City. And like that bit, I was kind of like, wait, I've seen that before. And then there's so much of it that I'm like, wait a minute, this, this, is, this is by Grant Morrison. This is written by Grant Morrison, who wrote, like, I think it's Transmetropolitan, the comic book series that he, um, they wrote, I should say, my apologies, um, that they wrote. And they, the, 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 when I was watching it, I was like, this is like shot for shot. There's a particular bit where Agent Smith is torturing Morpheus. Great scene. Like, it's an amazing scene in him being like, you, you're, a, you're a disease. Like, that is an amazing scene. But I was like, this is, Transmetropolitan. This is like in exactly like this page in the comic book, and you can put them side by side to see the similarities in it that are almost identical. And it doesn't make it bad or anything, not at all. But mm. it kind of takes away the hype for me of it being this groundbreaking piece of cinema because it obviously is for the fact that afterwards a lot of films were clearly influenced by the matrix and there's nothing wrong with being influenced and and then paying homage to films prior but there's a difference between paying homage and then just mm. copying fundamental ideas yeah. and i love grant morrison's response to um the the wachowskis um using that like somebody asked him of them that um what would they what would they think about the Wachowskis using their work? And he they said, uh, I wish they had just carried on copying it. Because the other two were terrible. They were like <laughs> really terrible films. And they were like, why did they not keep using my work? 
<laughs> they should have kept ripping me off. <laughs> yeah, and he's not wrong because the other two, I'm really sorry, but they're really bad. <laughs> like, I, they're I not just good. think you have to be like, am I going to be fought, fond of, of them and like kind of be like allowing all their weird mistakes, or are you just gonna? They're not like... weird mistakes. <laughs> what, what, okay, the third one. The third one is better than the second. The like, second I'm one gonna... is is a mess. <laughs> and I say terrible. that as a fan. <laughs> oh, it's so what is the bit with the architect talking? What is he talking about? Do you know what he's talking about, Lucy? Because I've asked that for many years. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful background noise. Oh, pretentious <laughs> background noise is what it is. Like, <laughs> I can't make heads or tails of that film. Like, and the weird rubbery, rubbery fight scene, as Jason said. Why is there so many Agent Smiths? Why are they all so rubbery? What's going on? Like this? Is, oh, I, no, no, I can't. I can't. And as my partner Simone said, again, name drop, you need to listen to it. But as she said, she was like, oh, I'm so hyped. I was like, I would be hyped if the other two weren't rubbish. Like, they were so bad. Like, I don't know. I think it's interesting you mentioned before that the trailer looks really good because I think the Wachowskis are really great visual directors. Yeah, yeah, they are. You know, yeah. I love, and it's a guilty pleasure for me, I love Speed Racer. Mm. And it's not good. It's not a good film. But it find me another film that looks like that film and I'll be like, okay. Because this, they created something really unique in that film. And I think so many of their films look really different. Yeah, And yeah. I love that a lot of their films they've picked because it also is for them stories of their own identity which as you rightly pointed out with the matrix is a huge part of that and i love that too and i respect their journey through that a lot as well i respect them massively as directors but stop writing stuff (laughs) i feel like they have one terrible film and then the next film will be not terrible (laughs) What's what are you saying, Jupiter? You, I'm assuming this is bad sci fi. I'm assuming you're talking about Jupiter Ascending. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what, what are you about? talking about? Uh, when, I, when I was saying good, I was meaning sense eight, and then I think the yeah, bad must the... have been Jupiter Ascending. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they've got a lot of bad films, I think, actually, when I think about it. It's not bad as in like. You know, I'm trying to think of like one of my least favorite films. It's not Christopher Nolan bad. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, always got to get it in, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I'm on, man. Every time I'm on, even if we're not talking about anything to do with like sci-fi or serious films, I've got to just go slot Nolan in. <laughs> yeah, even in the Pixar one, I was like, I hate Christopher Nolan. There we go. And we'll move on. No. <laughs> Um, no, it's nothing, you know, I don't think they've created anything as terrible as, say, like, you know, you know, well, let's say the prequel films. They are bad films. Like, or, you know, we, we can say with a certainty that Clone Wars, you know, they've not made, apart from Jupiter Ascending, I don't think they've made anything of that poor of a quality. You know what I mean? Like, Jupiter Ascending is actually terrible. Mm. As, that is genuinely really bad. And I know I just went on a rant about the other two Matrix films being terrible. I jest, okay, but (laughs) Jupiter Ascending is genuinely terrible. Um, I just don't think they make good films, maybe. I think they make very um, mediocre ones. I think maybe not mediocre because that would suggest bland and that they're trying to follow 
the same pattern to make a lot of money. We should um, be on your podcast together, Lucy, because I need somebody to correct me. <laughs> I need somebody to be like, don't say that, Ian. That's not, <laughs> it's not the right thing to say. What you did mean to say is this. <laughs> yeah, that is what I meant to say. <laughs> but, um, so they don't really make bland films, but they're always kind of trying to make something really inventive and mm, yeah. with a lot of theory or a lot of philosophy and then sometimes it's just like i do not want to be watching a philosophy lecture with me and sometimes they just go too much into deep science fiction yeah and it's just thinking how is that how is that gonna work how is that yeah i get you I get you. I think I do think they're seminal directors for the sci-fi genre, though. I mm. think they probably are, even though I've just trashed them for the last <laughs> time. <laughs> Move on. Somebody talk about Chris. What other films do you like? <laughs> well, uh, I'd be remiss, or we'd be remiss, rather, if we didn't mention Terminator at all. Uh... Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of... Uh, directors. Directors, seminal directors in the, in the genre. James Cameron is probably one of the biggest proponents of pushing sci-fi mm. since, well, since the 70s and 80s. Uh, uh, Terminator 2 is better than Terminator 1, but that's, mm. but that's, but Terminator 1's still epic. Mm. Uh, just because, mainly because Robert Patrick's so scary in that film. Mm. Um, but yeah, Terminator, I, I even, obviously, 3, 4, and 5, I can't remember what they're actually called, um, because, um, why? Terminator, another day to terminate, that's definitely one. Okay, <laughs> too, too fast, too fast to Terminator. Yeah, too uh, fast to Terminator. Ter- Terminator home, a long Ter- way from home. Ter- Terminator in the Chamber of Secrets. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but the new one, the newest one, while it wasn't great, was... Was kind of more of a return to form than had been in the past. Mm. So I kind of I, I did I did enjoy it. You know, nice to have Linda Hamilton back. Um, and I thought um, uh, Mackenzie Grace is that her name? Yeah, she's she was she was great in it. But yeah, Terminator One and Two. I saw them when I was I actually saw Terminator Two before I ever saw Terminator. So to me, Arnie was always the good guy. And then uh, That's weird. I did too. I saw yeah, on like film four. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then I watched Terminator 1. I was like, Arnie, no! Why are you doing it? <laughs> I know. It's uh, it's weird to watch in order. You're like, yeah, like that. You're like, why is he why is he doing this to John Connor? Um, but yeah, I love I love the Terminator films. They would probably be in my top five of the genre for sure. Um, my absolute favorite though would be Back to the Future because oh. it, it has to be. Uh, it's just so good from start to finish. Everything about it's fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, including the amazing guitar solo that he does, and the and obviously uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd, DeLorean. Mm-hmm. Everything about it's just epic. Love that film. 100%. So those are, those are the other ones I've mentioned. That's no, that that's great. Really good choices. I completely forgot about Back to the Future, and I love that film. Like I, I, I shouldn't even be hosting. Like if <laughs> such an important film, Jason. Other other films that you you want to like go. I really want to talk about that film because I feel like we've done a good round. We've done the, the seminal moments of sci-fi, but we had one we haven't mentioned is 2001, obviously, but Jason, whatever, whatever ones would you like to jump into? Well, I was actually going to mention 2001, a space odyssey. That oh, one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's Sorry, such, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, such, such a highly acclaimed film, you know, it starts, mm. starts from the stone age and then it moves on to the future. In space, mm. as the, the spaceship and there's that, 
uh, what is that AI artificial intelligence that goes that goes wow. turns against a man and yeah, it starts yeah. challenging them? You know, it's a fantastic film. You know, mm-hmm. considered one of the best films ever. Kubrick yeah. does a terrific job with the directing, and you know, it's, it's, it's a fantastic film. Just you know, when once you saw it, you'll never forget it. Completely, completely. I, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. It was actually going to be in. If nobody did bring it up, which uh, we us, us film critics, not talking about <laughs> uh, but the the it is just like this. It's hard to like, I guess, emphasize how much of a masterpiece like two thousand one is. Mm. As you say, it it starts in this sort of like prehistoric, um, you know, uh, a- ancient human existence of apes. And we have this parallel with our own like journey into space. Uh, I I I think it there's, with Kubrick, it's just he has so much to say, and there's so much detail in his films that there's no way of truly like comprehending how great of a film like two thousand one is. And it's really interesting that when you compare it to the literature of two thousand one, um, again, gonna throw in that I did this at my studies, but uh, with your new throw in the literature of 2001 it's actually very fleshed out but it's you have this real knowledge of what the star child is you understand where it's going we see in 2010 um and i think it's 2030 as well but we see like the the progression of human existence in space mm-hmm. and like its comments of that and we see our meeting of alien existence and what the actual obelisk mean and what everything is and Kubrick was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to have a very vague like commentary on this film. I want people to really have their interpretation, especially with the Star Child. He really wanted people to look at it and be like, I don't really want people to fully get what this is. I want the, I know what it is, and I have my interpretation of it. But I think he leaves it very open, and I think I think that what makes it even better, you know, that you can interpret that film in the way you want to rather than having like this set story that you know the book has um a film for me we'll get onto yours lucy you talked about the matrix too much but (laughs) (laughs) a a film for me it just links to 2001 because there are other ones that i'd like to discuss before we separate our ways and part companies into the night of space but the 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 one that is interesting that is a, a conversational piece with 2001 is uh tarkovsky's solaris which again is it's kind of forgotten about because 2001 well not forgotten about but 2001 is this film that everybody goes that's the sci-fi film that defines the genre but when tarkovsky saw um 2001 he actually hated it and thought it was like this really cold and like sad look at human exploration into space and uh, he wanted to make something that would be full of emotion and full of like the heartbeat and soul of space travel. So he created Solaris of this like view of our ex- you know exploration into the cosmos, but through a far more emotional lens that was looking at human experience and you know attachments to memories and like how would we exist in a alien plane when we're so far from what we know and our loved ones and the world that we had before. And I, I actually controversially, cause I do love 2001. I think it's great. But I think Solaris does something that 2001 misses that it, it 2001 has, as you said correctly, Jason has an amazing commentary on artificial intelligence and you know, what we do. And, and interestingly enough in the book, Hal is actually not evil 
you know, Hal did something to protect human existence, but in the film, he is most directly bad. I, I, I like that Solaris takes this completely different look at it. Like, I don't, it's been a while since I've seen it, but there is no artificial intelligence in Solaris. It's just human experience going out into the cosmos and going out there to, like, experience the space travel as humans. And I, I because of that, I, I really, really, really love Solaris and totally recommend it. And I'm going to stop talking now because that was quite a long talk on the film that people probably are like, what? <laughs> but yeah, Lucy, what films do you like as well? So it's it's not The Matrix and it's oh, wow. not Good. Camp sci-fi. Okay. Um, but something that I would really recommend, and I think it's free on YouTube, or it was last time I checked, mm. is... Um... Don't give me false facts now, Lucy. Don't give me false facts. <laughs> is Woman in the Moon, which is a German silent film. It's three hours long. Both of the, all of these facts aren't particularly endearing. Like, who wants to watch a silent three-hour-long film? sci-fi German film. But actually, it's really good um, because it takes, it's set, you know, 50, well, 40 years before anybody flies to the moon, yet... Mm. They have tried to use all of the information of how one would get to the moon and kind of utilize it. So the actual. Sorry, like... Lucy, no, I'm not, laughing. I'm not laughing at that. I just tried to Google it, brought up Barbara Streisand. <laughs> I don't think that's what you were talking about. No, it was not Barbara Streisand. I don't think she was alive in 1927. <laughs> Carry on, though, because this does sound amazing. But yeah, like, so. Why is Barbara Streisand? So there was lots of theories um, in the 20s of how you would do space travel and how Mm. it would work. Mm. And so throughout the film, they actually follow all of these um, kind of scientific theories of how you would travel into space. Mm. And weirdly, a lot of it holds up. Like a lot of it is kind of like, well, yeah, that is how you travel into space mm. um but at the when they do reach the planet because the film is separated into like three tra- three chunks the mm. first is trying to get the money to build a rocket the mm. second is building the rocket and kind of going up into space and then the third part is being on the moon but then mm. when they get to the moon it becomes very kind of fantasy like and um, not exactly aliens, but there's something there and some mysterious kind of force on the moon. So it's a really interesting film and I don't think many people would have seen it. So that's oh, why I'm recommending it. And also it's probably free. So that's always good. <laughs> and it's got Barbra Streisand. <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. It does. It, it Particularly, I, I, I'm such a philistine when it comes to silent film because obviously I've seen the big ones of those genre but mm. like these little ones are like amazing you should definitely send me more of these just listeners don't i've, I've stopped caring about you but please <laughs> send me more stuff about like all the silent, silent films, films please. yeah just send me <laughs> silent film stuff don't care about that um but yeah that sounds amazing because i really like something i loved when i was a kid because you know reading uh i was shockingly was a nerd but the uh <laughs> and still am but um the, the some of the things i really liked as a kid sci-fi wise was that like how people thought about space travel and like you know i i was really into modeling and i still am a bit and i re- well quite a lot and uh, one of the games i loved the most was warhammer and warhammer 40k and its ideas of like how we would travel into space 
and it, it being a a, a, um, a send up or a, a, a critique on how we would actually be awful when we got into space. But I also loved like HG Wells's look mm. at like space travel, and because he did the the first man on the moon, didn't he? Which yeah. is um, a, a really again, as you say, the kind of the ideas that in the book. Uh, like how we would get there, the fact that oxygen was needed and stuff like that was really interesting. And then there's oxygen within the moon and that's how they're breathing. And um, I re- I find that stuff of like really weird concepts of getting to space mm. really interesting. So that's that's fascinating. That's a really, yeah, well, really interesting Yeah, well, definitely one. check out Woman in the Moon then. Woman in the Moon. Why yes. did Barbara Streisand come up? That is really... bizarre. I'm going it's... to just... Check. It's a song from A Star Is Born. Oh, because <laughs> oh. <laughs> it came up, and I was like, "This sounds great," but why is Barbara? <laughs> yeah, Barbara isn't in it. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not interested now. That, that was the only reason I was going to watch this. <laughs> um, before we, I guess, part company, because we're we're up to the hour mark, listeners. You don't want to hear us drone on. You've heard me talk about Solaris for a whole like what felt like five minutes i'm sure for everybody else um is there any like we 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 talked at the beginning about these films that are coming out with for example dune or dune Dune, i always say it wrong um and i'm looking at it on my bookshelf actually but um you know villeneuve is obviously a director for me who i think's phenomenal as a sci-fi director and you know arrival was amazing like I, i it took my breath away with arrival um and i got very emotional watching it actually i think the ending is just like really it it, it really touched uh, a point in in my heart i'm getting emotional now but <laughs> a, it, it got me quite a lot watching that is there any like films other than june or or june that we're all like looking forward to or directors coming up that we're like you know that's a this is a really interesting film uh lucy you can talk about silent films again i don't mind it's cool <laughs> I don't think I don't think any silent films are coming up in the in the near I mean, future. You you can you can talk about silent films we should watch. <laughs> Send me silent films. No, um, Jason, is there any is it June that you're looking forward to the most in terms of sci-fi that's coming out? Well, to be honest, I don't like the original June, so no. I mean, that's it not is. a good film. No, it didn't didn't say much to me. <laughs> did you um have you have you had a chance to read June? To to read, yeah. To read, <laughs> sorry, yeah. To to read June, it's it's or or the concept of it because it's a. Uh, I think the 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 the, the trailer of uh, Villeneuve's June looks phenomenal. I mean, have you seen the trailer for it? I haven't. No, because I didn't like the first one, so I guess I won't like the second one then. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, think that. I, I I think I, I would give it a chance. I'd give mm. it a chance. Okay. Genuinely. All right, sir. So. Yeah. They're I, not I related. Would... Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're, it's not a sequel. It's not a sequel. It's a, it's a, perhaps a correction course. They're saying, don't even think about this old one. <laughs> it's, it's good though. I would totally recommend it. But is there any film that you'd like to highlight before we part ways? I guess. Well, another good film. Well, hmm. I'd like to mention the 1997 film Men in Black. Yeah. Sure, we all yeah. love that. It's a good yeah. comedy yeah. sci-fi film. Tommy yeah, Lee man. Jones and Will Smith mm-hmm. fighting aliens. What more can you ask for? Yeah. plenty yeah. of humor <laughs> yep i'm talking about the first one though the, the, the second one i didn't like and i haven't seen the third one no you did right not to watch the third one to be honest 
Okay, then. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely a good choice. But no, I think that's a great way of summing up that film. What more can you want? It's a great film, isn't it? It's comedy, great sci-fi action. Yeah, no, amazing. Amazing film. And Chris, what about yourself? Is there any film coming up that you're like, that film is going to be great? Or I'd say any film that you just think, you know, that's a good one. Well, we all know the Matrix Four is going to be the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> so, stolen Lucy. So, so, you know, listen, I was right. Yeah, we were right. And look, let's rendezvous <laughs> this podcast again, and we can both you can both say to me, "We're sorry, and you were one hundred percent right. That was terrible." <laughs> it, it, it was just, or, or it could just be us sighing, going, "What were they thinking?" Um, <laughs> like, but no, I. I I, gen, I genuinely am optimistic for it. I think uh, maybe this is the time for it to sort of get a, a new bit of life into that franchise. I, I kind of hope they don't run with it, though, and run it into the ground, as tends to happen. Um, I am excited for June. I'm currently listening to the audiobook of it now, which is very heavy, a lot of names yeah. to, a lot of names to remember it's like when i first started game of thrones i was like who are all these people i uh, um i i really do like june and me and Simone have tried reading it a few times but it's like you have to know everybody before reading it kind of like if right. there's a pre-book like there's i'll actually send you it chris there's like a youtube video to watch yeah. explain june because it's it is confusing and it also the words aren't easy so like in in Game of Thrones, it's like Lannisters. I know who they are. I, I mean, if there is a silent movie of June, then I could watch that. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> Lucy can hook me up. <laughs> but it's like all the names are like the Zibbles yeah, and Zibbles. Yeah. And, and you're like, who? What? Yeah, I felt like I needed a notepad just to keep track of what was going on in the oh, first wow. chapter. But, um, but yeah, apart from that, the only other two films I guess I'd like to mention is one that came out. Well, it came out for us this year, and for me, still one of my film favorite films I've seen this year was Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, did you see Palm Springs? Yeah, I, I love I, it. Yeah, yeah. So give, me uh, the, give me the lowdown. Me the it's, so, so it's on Amazon Prime. Um, it stars uh, Andy Samberg from. Oh, Brooklyn. I've seen the I've seen the trailers for it. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes the time travel genre. The or I guess the to be whatever all the other critics called it, the Groundhog Day. Yeah. formula and completely tried did something different with it mm-hmm. um it's basically an 18 version of groundhog day where there are where the rules are a bit different i don't want to give too much away because i think you just need to watch it but it is funny it is heartwarming it is sad it's uh it's hilarious jk simmons is in it if that's all you need to know so um but yeah i mean and andy samber doing what andy samber does best and christian uh, christian Malotti, she's great in it as well and then the last film i want to talk about or sort of mention is the fifth element because it's just yeah. great fun crazy action film set in space with bruce willis and Mila yeah. it. so uh big shout out to that film because i love it easily easily forgotten about as well yeah me. yeah i know i always forget about it until yeah. i see it and i go yep watching that uh another really good one with um uh, bruce willis in is 12 monkeys as well yes that's a really good one that it's forgotten about Lucy, silent films, hook me up. Silent films? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I assume if you've dipped your toe into the main ones that you've seen Metropolis. Which is in my top 10 films of all time. Yes. I I think that is phenomenal. I would probably have like mentioned that one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Well, Becca... mention it now. You've done it. You've there we go. Going to mention Metropolis. <laughs> so um, I would say definitely watch Metropolis if you haven't seen it. It's basically one of the first science fiction dystopian mm. films that kind of is basically a lot of the plot from Star Wars, but obviously Star Wars borrows from it, not the other way around. Another <laughs> um, one, Star Wars, Star, like not Star Wars, sorry, that's not the, is it the the Forbidden Kingdom? There's a Japanese film. Yeah, that, um, yeah. It's like Star Wars heavily is influenced by. Just, just um, taking all the plot details. Bloody Star Wars. No, we all love Star Wars, apart from Lucy. But, <laughs> But um, it's basically about um, the haves and the have-nots in this society and the workers have to kind of work until they drop and then the people on the top who are benefiting from the workers running the city Mm. are just sitting around drinking a load of champagne. Mm. Um, And there is somebody makes a robot Maria, which is a kind of perfect image of one of the female characters but it all kind of goes a bit wrong Mm. um and it's just a great film if you're in if you if you want to get into silence it's the obvious one to get into because it is one of Mm. either one of the most famous or the most famous it's probably the most famous yeah it's the one that like the only one i can actually think of but i can't remember the blooming name of it is that and you probably will you'll be like ian you absolute fool and please do call me a fool it's yeah i deserve it is that again sci-fi related so it is important but it's that i think it's french and um they fly to the moon and yeah trip to famous... the trip to the moon i think trip to the moon. I, yeah. That's, I, I, yeah trip to the moon i actually knew it i said it i said it before you told me <laughs> um that that that's another one i think is probably one of the most famous ones mm. like uh, that and metropolis yeah yeah and to be honest, I really need to get more into silent cinema, but I do think when autumn rolls around, I suddenly feel like watching stuff with just music playing in the background mm. and no dialogue. So I think I'll just end up watching alone <laughs> as the nights draw in. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. As somebody who says I need to watch more silent cinema, you already know more than I do about <laughs> silent cinema. So don't judge yourself too harshly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Metropolis fantastic film and it's it's uh themes as you say like incredibly pertinent to, to today's society as well and a film that i think actually parallels uh, metropolis really well and for any listeners who enjoyed this sci-fi film definitely go back to watch metropolis's snowpiercer you know a film that really does have a similar parallel of that sort of like the workers work the rich sit and enjoy and I also like in Snowpiercer that discussion of like the costs of few, like is it is it is it worth the costs of people being miserable for some to be happy, and also what cost is it to get rid of a society like that? What cost do you have to your own existence to stop a society that's going to do that? And I think Metropolis is actually really interesting to compare because they both have themes of same thing as you mentioned, you know, working class the gentry you know that separation uh in a sci-fi setting so if you like snowpiercer watch metropolis i think they have a interesting parallel um but yeah i think unless anybody else wants to jump in and be like ian that was terrible and we should talk about something else i'm happy to round up everybody (laughs) (laughs) everyone cool we're all good yeah Yeah. amazing well 
it's been a pleasure, guys. I've really enjoyed our journey through time and space. And um, I, I hope you've enjoyed it too. And I hope the listeners have enjoyed it as well. Even though I said I didn't care about you before, that was all lies. You're, you're, the, you're truly the one for me in my heart, listener. Just you, the one listening right now. You're the most important. Uh, so thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I hope you come back to listen to more. So this has been the UK Film Review Podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.